welcome to The Terrible Outdoorsman. Episode 19, follow-up uh, to the previous podcast. You got Ryan Collin, your host. Bob Collin, yo, 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 what up for show? And once again, checking in from the beautiful town of Midland, Michigan, Captain JG. He's back to Captain. And you need a new sign-on. It comes on. and goes. I hate your sign-on so much. I hate it. <laughs> All right. I'll, it's I'll as bad as your sign-off and Jimmy sign-off that I... What? Yeah. You need a new one. That's All just right. my 12 I'll, I'm gonna, I'll come up. I'll come up with something. You need something. I got I something. I got, I'm full of uh, I'm full of weird... Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're full, of, you're full of weird, like, quotes and... And jargons, like I feel like you can you can do better. I expect better. Okay, all right, you got that. I, we Captain can JG, Raise on the bar. Captain JG, he's just you know he's got that cap. <laughs> I'm just gonna when he's when he's like, uh, well, this he, is this is Ryan Collin, your host. I'm gonna be like Bob Collin, hi. <laughs> Bob, Bob Collin, not host. <laughs> Bob Collin, not the host. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna, I think we should alternate who hosts. Like one one. No, Jason, I'll, I'll do a fine job. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'll host the shit out of this. Host the shit out of this. All right, we're starting. Maybe off we should band. get a hostess. Oh, with the mostess. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, hey, welcome God. to Applebee's. Yeah, we're getting stupid already. <laughs> so uh, we've already we've already gotten to that point, and everyone's gone. Everybody's gone, and yeah. we're forty-five seconds in. Come on back. We got no. we got some some stuff. We're going to no. talk about some stuff today. We're talking about things. things so. Lots of things and random whatnots. Yeah, so um, no, last podcast went a little bit long and we had uh, a ton of uh, just stuff for the Q&A and I think we got through what, about four questions after three hours? We had to just pretty much cut it off. That's so. kind of how it goes. It, that was, it did go sideways, like way <laughs> sideways a few times. As most of them go sideways. One question yeah, turns into 45 minutes and a whole different conversation. But. Right. So yeah. that's kind of what we're doing here. We're just going to roll back into the Q and A um, and and just kind of keep plugging away the some of the questions and get some good uh, some good crosstalk. So we're not going to bullshit around and do any other intros. You all know who the hell we are and <laughs> what we've been doing. Uh, it's only been a few days since we did this. So um, yeah, let's get into uh, some Q and A. So uh, last podcast we talked about a lot of fishing heavy ones so we're gonna go sideways we've been a we've been really heavy on the fishing we side. Be fishing to death <laughs> we do so much more than fishing it's, it's it doesn't it's seem like we do anything but fishing jason hunts for turkey unsuccessfully but that's the only difference i think we're, we're you're like, right that's I, the only thing other than fishing that we've actually done yeah well i mean well you would think 18 podcasts and we talked about something different i guess we did one about shooting one about memorial day and the rest have been fishing related content so well yeah i, I think while we started this at the beginning of the spring when we were kind of you know most people get really amped up for fishing and they're that's what they're thinking about that's the, the they're buying gear in april yeah. and march and stuff like that but it was like we've been kind of at the the peak of fishing throughout april may and june and for at least for me, when I get into July and these really hot temperatures in August, this is the lull for me. It's definitely on the downside for me. It's the and dog then, days of fishing, right? And really then is. I'll be breaking out my bow here soon, and, and unless all, you're fishing big water and like hitting it for salmon or something like that, but like fishing in yeah. the inland lake, it's I don't know. Yeah, just not for me. Not my thing. 
camping season, swimming weather, going to the beach. <laughs> yeah, spear drinking But weather. I know there's fish to be caught. I was just reading some Facebook posts today, and there were um, guys saying that they're still catching a shit ton of smallmouth on St. Clair. Yeah. Not for, not, not I, Moon Pie. Not I. <clears throat> so, Maybe you ought to venture up to, uh, venture up to that Clinton River again. Yeah, we did so good last time. Just crushed it, you know. And maybe on a real windy day, that'd be a good time. Yeah. So, um, all right. So we got a handful of questions. So let's get into, um, I guess we have one that's somewhat fishing-esque, right? So let's knock that out and get it done. So if we won the lottery, what would be our perfect boat setup? Ooh. Which is a good one because it's something I've dreamt about. Like, man, you play that lotto, which I don't play very often, but just every now and then, you know, when it gets to be like 700 million, because, you know, 400 million is not worth it to throw two bucks down but so i've always thought like man what the hell would i do with all that money besides buy like an island up north and get the hell away from all the googans <laughs> that'd be my first thing it'd be a good idea like a like a up island or like my a, own like island. michigan island somewhere out there yep I'm sure there's where nobody sale. and i build a fort around it like Fort Mishlamackinac, and ain't nobody coming on my fort. I would, I I'd dress like I was in the old timey days, like yep. like a like revolution. Amazon, I would, uh, Amazon's gonna drop off all my shit by drone package. I would I be one of the um, the interpreters at the lodge in the summer, and I'd go dress like the old guys and walk around and shoot my musket. Yes, yes, that's sweet. Yeah. So, who wants to kick it off? Your lottery boat, perfect. Your your perfect boat setup. If you had money, wasn't an option. What is your perfect boat setup? No, oh, man. The gambler. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Uh, we don't need anything else. I, I think that if if I had, I, I would have multiple boats for multiple reasons. Got to pick one boat setup. I have to pick one boat. One boat to rule them all. Just, um, just thinking about one one boat. What is your? What would be your perfect boat? Uh, I guess. It, and you could have multiple boats. I get it because like. There's applications for Great Lakes water. There's applications for small inland lakes. You're not going to take the same type of boat. So I'm really a, a big fan of the uh, the Ranger, um, the Ranger fiberglass boats, the fiberglass series that are kind of made, kind of built for like Lake Saint Clair or or really any of the Great Lakes. Um, they're like a dual console. Normally, you can you can get those. They're fitted with like a 250 or a 300, and uh, I think it's the Fisherman. I think it's the Fisherman FS twenty one something. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's it's kind of my ideal setup. Um, I'd obviously have you know a ton of electronics just because there's so much stuff you can do with them. Um, I wouldn't rely on them. I don't. I don't invest a ton of. I have electronics on my boat, and I don't invest a lot of time into it just because I'm kind of an old school fisherman. Where it's like, yeah, this is a good break here, <laughs> you know. So I'm just going to pound it. Whereas, like, there's guys out there that are using some of those different uh, electronic applications to be able to actually locate bait yeah. fish or locate actual muskies and things like that. So that would be my ideal setup. Is again that boat um, with. You know, I'd have a couple, you know, probably, you know, 11, 12 inch monitors in the front and a couple in the, uh, on the console itself. And yeah, that'd be it. Nice. With a kicker. It'd have to have a kicker on there too. Cause I, I do, uh, I am getting a little more into trolling and that's the thing. There you go. JG. Um, I. Big so red. That's all you gotta going... say. Big red. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have the boat, but I didn't win the lottery. I'm just in debt. No. Um, so the boat that I'm going to choose is it's overkill for small inland waters. Not going to take it on 100, 100 acre lake to bass fish. You're going to look like a Guggen. Um, but it would be appropriate for Lake Erie walleye. You could jig the river. You could musky fish St. Clair. You could walleye fish Saginaw Bay. You could salmon fish the Great Lakes. Um, Lund makes a boat called the Baron. It is a beast. It is about a 20 to 21 foot Lund Baron, dual console, all the fixings. Um, a couple of years ago, Dad and I were actually in Ludington driving down. Uh, 10 goes us 10 goes right into Ludington. We're going along and this beautiful boat passes us big truck, sparkly, nice and polished up. And then this 21 foot Lund Baron goes by and there is a kid driving that couldn't be, he, he was not older than me. He, he was like in his twenties and he had his little charter fishing service and I was impressed. Um, so yeah, it's got, it's a really deep boat. Um, like I said, it's, it's a little bit overkill for busting the shoreline with the big, uh, black frog in the pads, but for other applications, that's where I'm going. Um, but again, if I won the lottery, I'd have a boat for everything. So I'd probably also have a giant cruiser for the Caribbean where I go <laughs> catch my sailfish that I spoke about last podcast. <laughs> Blue Marlin. Yeah. yeah. So what would you have on that boat though? Like you have a motor size. It would, yeah, it'd be, I mean, it would be a giant outboard, right? I think they even 600 now make horse. <laughs> multiple. Yeah. Just put like six of them on there. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> um horse. It, it would have, yeah, it'd have a big outboard. It would have a little kicker and it would have a, the fanciest self-deploy bow mount trolling motor. Oh yeah. <laughs> Those are sweet. Nice. We were, I would, as you were talking about it, I was like, I got to look this boat up. So I looked it up and I was showing Ryan it. And it, it, it looks a lot like the Ranger version of what I was talking about. Oh, I was, okay. I was yep. talking about the FS621 is what, is what I was talking about. I had to look it up too. Yeah. I knew it was big, a 21 wide, something. Deep. Yeah. Big, yep. deep hole. You, you want to get over to, especially if you're going to fish the Great Lakes at all. To take the longer your boat is, the the easier it's going to take those waves, and a little bit the deeper V obviously is going to is going to help you cut those waves too. But that length is important. Right now, I have you know I have a Ranger that's seventeen feet, and it's kind of like a bobber. You know, it kind of bobs around, and it takes the waves. It'll it'll take some yeah. water, but it's a we haven't really had it on anything real. Rough, nothing, nothing real big. Yeah, yeah. Yet. Saint Clair is about it. Yet, yet. we call uh, so we have. Um, little red, medium red, and big red. Uh, medium red is um, just an 18 foot aluminum boat, not real fancy. Kind of like, I mean, we joke around and say it's like a glorified rowboat. It doesn't have bench seats in it, but it's not not real deep. And we is used that to a take tiller that though? Fishing. No, it's a side console. Is it? Okay. Yep. Um, but we would joke around, and uh, when we would be out there salmon fishing, yeah, we. We picked our days. We did not go when it was rough because <laughs> we felt like a beer can floating around mm-hmm. out there compared to everybody else, yeah. you know. And and honestly, with Big Red, yes, it can take some water, but it's not like we say, oh, great, it's six footers. Let's go salmon fishing. No, no. it's We're fishing in still, you know, not that rough of water. You're just that much more comfortable mm-hmm. as you're doing it. It's not yeah. like you're going out in that much uh rougher seas it's a matter of safety of getting back if something changes with weather but just being more comfortable in 
in the, the, the water you want to fish, right? Yeah. What about you? I got both y'all beat. I'm picking a houseboat. <laughs> oh, man. A there house, you go. A houseboat so I can uh, go live on the lakes and get away from people. I had a rough day at work. You can tell I hate people right now. Um, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no, I mean, besides an actual houseboat, I would uh, – uh, very similar to what Jason said, uh, I, I've always liked Lund. That's always been a dream boat of me as a kid, um, just because that was what I watched every fishing show, and they always oh exactly Lund, right? Um, that or uh, what was the other one? Nitro, I think was a big one mm, back then. Yeah, the Nitro boat you always saw at Bass Pro Shops or Bill Dance. I think he was oh yeah Nitro. But I don't know if I'd want the bass boat style because when I did fish the big water, like those things just. I mean, I guess if you got like a twenty-two foot bass boat, like they probably handle the waves pretty good. But no, the no sides thing, just yeah, it's not for me. But basically, like the setup that Bob has, but in about a twenty to twenty-one foot setup. Yeah, same thing. So you can do whatever. You can fish some inland lakes. You can fish bigger water, and you kind of do it all. So, yeah. and then definitely the self-deploy trolling motor, the Altera. Yeah. Things I would say three thousand dollars, but I I told my wife whenever I do end up breaking down and getting a new boat, it's not leaving the lot unless that's on it. If I'm you know if I'm <laughs> dropping thirty grand, what's another three to get the trolling motor I want? But, I was gonna say um, spot lock. Oh my god! Yeah, do I want spot, spot lock? Spot lock Bob, your boat that you have now, I would say is like you said, seventeen feet. Sure, in a perfect world, you probably would make it longer, but whatever. That boat is like. That is thing is beautiful for just all around utility of it can go fish here. It can fish there. You could take it on the Great Lakes. You pick your day. It's calm. You go mm-hmm. out and fish near, you know, close to the pier heads or whatever. Um, I think I really like your boat after the, the day of being out on St. Clair on it. Just a nice all around good fishing boat. It's it's great for what I do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I'm not I'm not like a, a guy that runs out, you know, 15 miles on St. Clair or any other lake. For that matter, I'm kind of a shore buster, and uh, it's got enough, you know, like I said, it's aluminum, and it's got a deep enough V to be able to take some decent-sized water, but in at the same time, I can fish a lot smaller water and tighter waters like we did on the Tequamanon. It worked perfect for the Tequamanon River. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing, I when I bought that boat, I was looking at that, and I was looking at a tracker, and they were sitting side-by-side. You know, they were sitting side by side, and I I kind of had my heart set on a tracker, and I was looking at, you know, so I climbed in the tracker, I'm climbing around it, I'm like, oh, this is really nice, and then I, you know, I looked, I didn't even look at the Ranger, I just thought Ranger, price tag, no thanks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, and so the Ranger was sitting next to it, and without looking at the price tag, I climbed into the Ranger, and I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is really nice, the seats were you know, a lot better quality and, you know, the consoles were aluminum as opposed to like some of the plastic parts that the tracker had and just the accents were really nice on the boat. And I'm like, all right, cool. What's the price? And I went and looked at the price and it was like a thousand dollars cheaper than the one I was just sitting in. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, wow. You know, it, Perfect. but it was less motor. You know, oh. the one I was looking at, I had like a 115 on it and this yeah. one and the Ranger had a 90. And so I, I, I did a quick Google search and said, how fast will a 90 horse go? And it said, I don't know. It said like 30, 34 miles an hour, or 36 miles an hour, whatever it was. And I was like, how fast do you need to catch a fish? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they both mm-hmm. had four stroke mercuries on them. Yeah. And I was like, one was a 115, one was a 90. Nope. In hindsight, I, I wish I got more motor, 
you know, yeah, I guess you always want more motor, but at the same time, I really love my boat. I've, I've done a, we've done a ton of fishing on it. I've put a lot of fish on the boat and it's just, it, it works out really well. I really do enjoy it. It's comfortable. It's nice. You know, the wife likes it. I've, I pull the kids around on the tube. Like we'll just go and just, just party barge with it. And you know, it's just a, it's a cool boat. I like it. And we even had the three of us out there casting for musky. And I mean, it's not like it was too small, right? We we were conscious about where we're casting, so you're That's trying key, to like not... three, three good anglers. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you have to have some it. skill. <laughs> if you, you have know, three, three novice skill. anglers, it could be a mess. Yep. But yeah, oh my God. but it, it, yeah, the, the the other thing I liked about that boat was that the uh, the front fishing deck or the the bow of it was a little bit bigger, like maybe maybe a foot your front deck is huge up there maybe so much room maybe a foot bigger than the tracker was and they like i said they were sitting side by side so it was easy for me to compare you know one to the other and i was like this one has bigger fishing deck up front and i I normally fish up front and then not only that but in the back it had a it had a bigger fishing platform in the back and i was thinking you know when i'm buying the boat i'm thinking ryan he's my fishing partner right so i'm thinking like It would be nice if he oh, had a little. He thought about me. He had a little bit. If he had some more fish. It, 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 I mean, I'm thinking Winya. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking all the places I fish. When when I'm, you know, dropping twenty seven thousand dollars on a new boat, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm like, all right, how can this work for me? The other thing I liked about it is that it's carpeted in the front, carpeted in the back, but it's a uh, it's a vinyl floor in the in the floor of it, which is great for like. You know, if you get it wet and things like that, cleans up super easy, and you know, it's as opposed to carpet throughout. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. a. I've seen boats that are all vinyl throughout, and they're cool and all, but like that vinyl gets slick when it gets wet. And you know, I liked having the carpet in my fishing areas where I'm going to be standing and fishing and then handling fish in the bottom of the boat. It's vinyl, so it cleans up easy. It just it is. It's, it's a it's a good boat. So, spot lock for sure. I would have on it because that one hundred percent. Oh yeah, yeah. We were up on Tequamina. When, when, when did I? We talked about spot lock. Was it was that? when we were up at the falls, and we were just oh yeah, whipped around in the current, and Mark is just sitting still fishing, and we're just yeah. I'm, just, I'm he, getting my he, ass beat by the current yeah. and the wind and everything. We else. might have talked about terrible. that in the podcast, but I think at, at did, that moment, yeah. I'm like. Man, that's why you get spot lock right there. But also the other thing, like we were trolling. Oh God, where were we? Oh, we, when you hooked into that fish, trolling up to Tequamanon. When you hooked in, hooked into that fish, and I'm and I jump on the. I think maybe I was driving at the time, and uh, I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? Do I slow it down? I couldn't slow it down because we were right tight to shore, and the way the current's blowing us, like if I stop the boat, we're going right in the shore. So I got to keep it going. And that's where I was like, and then I'm thinking like, well, what do I do? Like if I got to get off the motor and get the net and that's where I was thinking like, man, at least if I had spot lock, I could press spot lock and it'll at least hold us like right there in the middle of the river away from the shore. So yeah, that's uh yeah, we got a, we got some bugs to work out when it comes to the trolling part. When it's well, yeah, two man trolling. Well, I mean, it's tough open. trolling in a narrow river like that. If you're trolling across Lake St. Clair, like you don't have to worry about that shit. Like right. you just, you just go wherever. If your boat starts turning a little bit, okay, it starts turning a little bit. You know, like you've got six miles ahead of you. You can go whatever direction you want and you got time to yeah. handle the fish. Like 
no, we got about 30 feet. If it turns in any direction, like you're running aground. So yeah, we're like, when it was you, tough. you hit a fish and we're like, we're both like focused on the fish and what's going on in the back of the boat. Nobody's looking out the front yeah. we're about to run into shore. And you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. So that'll be the next investment for, for my boat will be a new trolling motor and it'll have spot lock. So I've already. What do you have on yours now, Ryan? Just a fifty-pound uh, Minn Kota power drive. Just oh, okay. your basic power drive V two. Yeah, right? same your, thing. Your I've basic got, right? trolling motor, which works that's fine. What we, yeah, that's what we have on the eighteen-footer as well. Um, the one thing that I had seen a, a buddy of mine has an older Lund with that same uh, power drive Minn Kota on the front, and they bought the. It's called, I think, Copilot. It's mm-hmm. a, a a piece that you can buy. Have you heard of it or seen oh, it? Where I, you can the iPilot. It, well, it's like an aftermarket piece for the power drives that right. then you can run it off of a key fob yep. or like a Bluetooth fob. So it has. So yeah, there's that, and then there's actually for my trolling motor, it's like five hundred bucks. I can buy the one whole side pops off, it pops on, and then the trolling motor that I have, it actually has like Bluetooth and everything synced into the head. So I could do the spotlight with my unit right now if I oh. bought that adapter. That adapter is gotcha. like five hundred bucks. So, but you can buy a brand new trolling motor, depending on what model, with Spotlock yeah. for a lot cheaper. Not cheaper, but like it's a better deal to get it already built in than to buy it aftermarket. So I'd probably end up doing that, and then you know, which one give is, my current one to my dad or something. Which one like does the the self deploying Ultera? The Ultera. What's the 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 one that's right below that? Well, there's the Ultrex, which is the maybe it's the Ultrex. It's, it's the cable. Well, it's, or, not think, not cable though. Is That's Tarova. Altera. The Tarova. Yeah, it's. A, I looked at the. I looked at a Tarova for mine, because I, I don't know that I necessarily want this. The self deploying is cool for oh, different. I, oh, I want it for different <laughs> for different reasons. Just because I want to do that commercial that you always see. <laughs> just launch. Hey, that's it exactly what I thought the of. The dude yeah. launches the boat, presses his button, hits his spot lock, goes and parks his truck, and then he. Drives his boat right up to the dock, right and he just steps boat. right onto the boat, and he's fishing. Like, I want to do that just for the sake of I did it. I I kind of <laughs> like being able to deploy myself and being able to manage like the height of my motor. I, I mean, you can with a with the yeah the Altera. You I, can I you can adjust you can adjust that depth and yeah. things like that, and you can do it with a push of a button. But with the Tarova, it's all it's self deploy, kind of like the like the V two, like the power drive. But you have all that other built-in stuff, the iPilot and all those things. But well, you can uh, get all that built into the power drive too. The Trove is just more of a heavy-duty model and bigger, is, more pound thrust. And right, the one I looked at was eighty pound. The one I have is like fifty pound or fifty-five pound or something. But that, like that. but that like eighty pound Trove is like fifteen hundred dollars. So if I'm going to spend that much, I'm just going to get the Altair. Right, and it's it's a that's kind of the that's a struggle. Like, do I pay like an extra fifteen hundred bucks and get the self-deploying all that jazz the or do old, i just get the i think it's the old tracks if i'm if i'm thinking of the right model that one's a cable driven one but it's also got the electronic motor too okay so you can actually do it's got the spot lock on it but it's a cable driven one too yeah. so the cable ones are nice because you can quickly adjust you know you can spin that head around fast like you remember how your motor guide was yeah for best you can for still use spot lock like even right. though it's a cable driven, like it's the the cables what turns it back and forth. So I think that's the Ultrax. I wouldn't want that. I'm it's only um, I just searched it on Google. It's only twenty seven fifty at Bass Pro for the Ultrax. The Ultrax. What's yeah. the Ultera? They're probably pretty similar. 
2600 Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it comes with a limit of, right? It comes with a limit of walleye and a 50-inch muskie. Oh, hell yeah. Either way, I want to bump up. bold prediction. I want to bump up to that 80-pound, that 24-volt. And then I do want at least eighty pound pilot. because there's times where like my fifty pound it just, just doesn't cut it. No, no, especially like when you're fishing in Detroit River. I was going to say the same thing. Detroit River or, well, or, yeah, or you any kind it, of heavy current. You said like it that. on the last podcast. You had your your trolling motor on like six to just to try to stay vertical. Yeah, where like if you had an eighty pound or uh, yeah, even a one twelve, like, like two pro- or three maybe. Right. You know, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It, having that extra that extra thrust is huge. When I don't know where the hell I put all these batteries though. Because I think you're going to need a dinghy behind you with no just shit. a battery source. For the yeah. batteries, because I think anything eighty. Once you hit eighty, you got to have twenty four volts. So you got to have two batteries, and then once you go to one twelve, then you got to have thirty six volts. My my, bo- my my where my uh, where my battery compartment's at for my trolling motor, it'll hold two. It'll hold two. I could, I could obviously pull that box and put in a, a, a th- you know, to run thirty six volts. But yeah. I don't, I don't think I need anything that crazy right yeah. now. I just, I just want some damn spot lock and a little bit more so, thrust. So, in, in a nutshell, to sum up this twenty five minute question, a twenty five minute question <laughs> about trolling motors. Like we, it was yeah. about boats. We didn't give a shit about the boats. Really. <laughs> we All we talked about was trolling. We motors. didn't even talk about about the the. Lawrence and hummingbirds like we'll, we'll save that because we're, we're all going to have the mac daddy side imaging 360 imaging the best things you can get i don't even but, know how to hey, use it i hey, still have it exactly that's no clue that's kind of a question in itself like Lawrence or hummingbird Lawrence, hummingbird or that garmin future yeah. podcast you know but to summarize the have. three of us want identical boats <laughs> they're pretty, yeah yeah they're pretty, so. honestly we all pretty much said the same thing yeah, I, w- I looked up that one, and it's it's damn it's damn near the it's yeah. the one version of the. It's, I was just gonna say it's, it's the, the one version, version of the of Ranger, Ranger boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we pretty much comes down to we want a twenty to twenty one foot boat that <laughs> oh, is Hello. wide and deep and has a self deployed bow mount trolling motor. There yes, you go. with spotlock. Yeah. Yep, we're we're yeah. three peas in a pod. So, um. That was a long question. I was going to go in another direction, too. I was going to, like, follow up on that, and I'm not going to. We're going to skip around because I don't – yeah. All right, so let's go in a whole different direction. All right, what's next? This is random as shit. How do you guys – I think uh, before you go to the next question, maybe you ought to hit that pucker. Oh. Oh, man, good oh, call. God, losers. It's so – I don't know. We're We're doing, like, a different cadence here, and it's fucking me up because we're trying, like – we're not doing like our thirty minutes of recap and man. Go ahead, send it. I think Jason should send it. Send it, Jason. Oh, it's gonna sound bad on the headset from Midland. <laughs> and your and your wife's gonna go, What the we, fuck we don't is care. that? We don't care. Snort. There we go. Did that have a little Jackson flair to it? it? Oh yeah. It did. Yeah, buddy. That, that doesn't taste talk. like antifreeze. I'm telling you, I want a fucking shirt that says, I want a shirt that's got the Terrible Outdoorsman logo on the front and then says snort across the back. So Denise is going to make up a shirt of that last like video of like a silhouette of me like holding the bottle up. So it's just going to be like a, a black and white silhouette and then it's going to be snort either above it or below it. There you go. There you it's go. It's going to be cool. 
And then we're gonna, That's like we're, um, we're going to sell them on the TO store. The TO, the TO store. We're going to drop some uh, drop some com. merch. Drop some merch. Yep, a little merch, um, a little swag. There you go. That's like there's a I don't we, know if it's a, a picture or a painting, um, and it's a silhouette of like Fred Bear standing there looking out over who knows where, but nice. Like you said, I like those outline. Does it say snort on photos. it? No, did, I don't think it does. Does Fred Bear do snorts too? <laughs> do you have a terrible outdoorsman koozie? Yeah. No, I have five. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. I gave him a whole bunch. All right, I just want to make sure. Yeah. If not, we need normally to be though. Um, my beer is not alive long enough to get warm, so it's kind of the rule that I live by. Like coolers, I have a Yeti. I have a Yeti cooler, and I'm like, why do I own this thing? Because I drink them so fast. You, I don't know, even, you know what we're going to do? do? They don't get cold. You, I gave or you some terrible outdoorsman stickers, right? Um, yeah, I have a sticker, and I have a half dozen uh, koozies. I Did think. you put the sticker on anything? I haven't put it on anything yet, you but should I can lie explain. Right I can explain why. I can explain why. Lie. So, number one is I'm going back and forth since I only have one sticker right now. I'm going back and forth on does it go on the boat or the truck? Boat or the truck? Oh, Jesus. I'm I'm leaning towards the truck. The problem with the truck is it is so dirty right now. I need a nice car wash, <laughs> get it all cleaned off because I'm afraid that I'm going to put the sticker on there and drive away and it's just going to peel off. Oh <laughs> it's going to fall off. <laughs> well, my wife just ordered a whole bunch more vinyl to make up all different colors and to mess around with it. So Nice. All right. But, so I think what we should do, I was thinking about this the other day. So we've got quite a, quite a listener base, right? And we're, we're about to go up north. And we've got stickers on our campers and on our trucks. So if you see this it, be a test. If you see us on the road, take a picture, send it to me, and we'll send you some swag. You get free swag. You get some free swag. Free if you, swag. If you see us, if heading, you take a picture and heading send north. It to us. This, I guess, if you if you see a picture or see us anytime, you see our vehicle and you see us cruising or you see our sticker anywhere. Send us a picture of it, and I'll send you. You'll some be able to put a uh, a face to the voice around here, and probably never listen again. Yeah, you'll be yeah, like, like oh my god, who's that idiot swerving all over the road? Who's this jackass? Back <laughs> they do back, love back, backing up his. No wonder they or, don't do any. Uh, yeah. No wonder they don't need live streams. Look at them. Who's, yeah. who's this jackass that just hit a a tree with a scamper <laughs> backing in to his camping spot? Oh, guilty as charged. It's a terrible outdoorsman. Haven't done, right. haven't done that one yet. Knock on wood. You just jinx the shit out of yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna hopefully hit, you I'm gonna not me. You know what would so, be really cool? It'll be really cool when you're standing at a gas station getting some petrol, and you're going to hear from off in the distance someone yell snort. Oh, because they yeah, see that, would be, that would be sweet. That'd be awesome. As long as it's not like somebody I know or like. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it can't be like your convoy going up to Jay's and then you yell it across the store to each other. If it was like Rut Daniels up at uh, Frank's, that'd be cool. Did you see all the pictures of Rut Daniels up at Frank's? No, I didn't. I didn't. I was pretty quick at it. Yeah. That dude's a character. (laughs) True character. (laughs) All right, so let's go in a completely different direction. We're done talking fishing. Get it out of your system. Shake it out. Yeah. Is, okay, we'll a, see you later. Yeah. Jason, right. you're gone. It's, uh, it's the only thing I talked about. This coming from the guy who sends us a picture of his book. Did you just get that back today? Uh, yeah, I picked it up on the way home from my parents' house. So talk about that a little bit before we get into this, I guess. Okay. Um, this story was last told when I was bragging about all the good success I had. Um, <clears throat> we don't tell the story of the, of the book because, you know, but like... 
We're gonna tell where, that where did you take it? I guess where'd you get it? Oh, take okay. it to get? It's a place, uh, a place called Shalvis Taxidermy in Attica. Actually, it's kind of out on its own. Um, I don't know what you just said. Attica. Attica. Shalvis. Shalvis. What country are you in? I thought you were in Michigan. Um, <laughs> we've had a couple of deer. Had a couple of deer mounted by that crew. Um, good work. And let's see. So I took it there, or Jacob actually dropped it off for me uh, the week, what, week after opening day. Uh, so like somewhere around the 17th, 18th, 19th of November. And it's July 16th, and I got it back. So I'm happy with the time frame. Yeah. I think that's about standard. How long did your steak get back? Uh, yeah, about the same. Oh, uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, something like that. I re- <laughs> that's kind of a funny story, too. Do you know how long it took to get mine back? I got it back super fast. <laughs> super fast. <laughs> it's like hacked the antlers off at the right That was a sawzall. Yeah, my horns. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Oh, I've got plenty of those laying around too. I've got three of them right here on the kitchen table. My, three skull caps from my New wife York. uses them as decor. She's got them like I, for some reason she's got them like all around my house and like around candles and shit. <laughs> nice. Like you can't do that with my deer horn. <laughs> Nikki's, have to be Nikki keeps trying the to warrior uh, she, fashion. Every year, every year I shoot a buck and I come back with the horn. Okay, I shouldn't say every year. No. I, I misspoke. You just every shit out of every year that I shoot a buck, oh, I will come back to the house with it, and Nikki will say, "Oh, are you going to give those to Stevie so he can chew on them?" I said, "No." She goes, "Well, why not?" I said, "This is a trophy. All of them are trophies." And she yeah. goes, "It's kind of it's kind of small. Just let him chew it up." Oh. Dude, you can you can find <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of a hit and to the ego there. <laughs> that's um, but it, you those can, are words so, of uh, words of divorce right there. Have you have you ever been into like one of these pet smarts or petcos or whatever? Oh, where, you can get deer yeah, antlers. They, they yeah. sell deer antlers there. It's like thirty dollars for yeah. a chunk of antler. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's literally like I'm a spike a, horn. I don't want to say I'm sitting on a gold mine. I'm sitting You're on like, about four bucks. Yeah, <laughs> 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 well, yeah I, I mean. I've got I've got tons of little antlers I could sell you. But well, while we were on this topic, I re-listened to episode one uh, a couple days ago just because I was bored and I, I literally listened to every podcast that I subscribed to. And I was caught up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start playing it back for the hell of it. And, I was, and I'm trying to – I haven't got there yet, but I'm trying to hear what my stupid-ass prediction was for the suicide duck. Whether it was what catching. episode did we do the predictions? I think that, that was episode two or three. I don't know. I didn't. I just started episode two uh, yesterday. But uh, so I'm trying to see if that was whether I was going to catch a muskie on the duck or just catch a fish on the duck. Mm. But I heard my first prediction, which wasn't a prediction. It was a guarantee that I was going to put a deer on the wall. Deer. I didn't even say buck. I said, <laughs> "Yeah, I do I'm remember put a that." Deer on the wall. Yeah, that's good wording, though. Like that way, you yes. can literally mount a doe, yep. which would be that, no, cool. no, not you a could. Doe? You are whatever I you am. shoot. You are mounting yep. it. Yep. But I guaranteed, like in the first episode, we didn't use bull prediction. <laughs> Drop this. No, we didn't. We used guarantee. Bob guaranteed he was going to catch a fifty inch. He didn't get to the hundred and fifty inch yet. That was uh, before that rant. You said you guaranteed you were going to catch a 50-inch muskie. We have, no, no, no. He oh. said a master angler muskie. Did I really? Which is, Okay, that's 42-inch muskie. Or no, what did you say? It, you said a 
a I thought muskie about- on the wall. You said you were going to put a muskie on the wall, and then Jason chimed in. I can in do that. And said, what's your criteria to put one on the wall? And you said 50 inches. Oh, what a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> what a dummy! Yes, yes, yeah, yep. yeah. So, I was, stop, I I was to, on a roll. Was, I need to stop measuring things in inches because it, it, there's that, nothing. That's like, what she said. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's yeah. It, that's not my style, but it kind of is when I'm drinking. Well, I, guess. I, I hope one day <laughs> I get to a point where I can measure my deer in inches because they surpass eighty. <laughs> I was talking. Uh, I was talking to a buddy. Because uh, I sent him that picture, and we were talking about bucks and stuff and this and that. And I said, you know, uh, my brother has taken a, a string and, like, done a rough estimate of the size of the bucks that we've shot. And I remember, Bob, you had said it earlier in an earlier podcast of, well, like, we rarely – we don't – I don't. Our camp doesn't talk about deer in terms of inches. It's like, oh, it was an eight-point. It was a six-point. It was right. a four-point. It's always whatever. a point. Yeah. Like, Michigan, yeah. Is, and, if you measure eight-pointer, nine, ten-pointer, whatever. Like, yeah. And I laugh because I said, we've shot – we've just shot bucks. There, There's no giants. I said, and this – I don't believe this deer will. Um Jacob has a, a decent eight point and it scores like 96 inches. <laughs> and we were like, wow, that's a really nice buck. 96 inches. When you put it in the context of, you see pictures of 120, 140, right. 160. It's incredible. A 120 inch buck well, that. Even Bob's even Bob buck, you only, it only scored what, like 140? I think you measured like, it at. Yeah, like 141. And Which, I mean, again, like or something. that thing's unbelievable. That was measured by me using. You okay, know. so give oh, or take. Sure. Okay, let's let's, let's say <laughs> give it's or five inches in, more, a couple inches, yeah, one forty-five. Like, and then you hear these guys who shot. That's still not a one fifty. <laughs> so, yeah. so generally in Michigan, we measure them by the number of points that they have, total points, right? And you know, you got a bunch of booger points. You know, at the basis of it, it, it could turn out to be a really nice bug. I had shot a sixteen pointer, but it's, it's literally like a mainframe yeah. eight or something. But yeah. either way, like. We measure in in points, but we also measure in spread. That's something that we've always done. Yeah, they had a it had a twenty two inch spread on it, you know, like and that's something that like you like we don't measure like how long the G two or G three or G yeah. whatever was. Like it's always like what's the spread? You know, generally the the inside spread is is what we measure it off of. In Michigan, it, as a kid growing up, that was like yeah, you know. George shot a, you know, and he shot a 10 pointer that had a 22 inch spread on it. And you're like, oh shit, that's a big buck. That's, those are the two criteria. How many points? Yeah. What's the inside spread on it? And that's really how we measure them. And nobody measured in inches of antler growing up. Nobody no. ever. And, no. and that's just become like a mainstream thing, you know, throughout a lot of different hunting communities, primarily. Iowa, which you're getting ready to go to tomorrow, right? Iowa, Illinois, yeah. and, and a lot of the big, really big buck places that we watch on a lot of hunting TV, and everybody has gotten into the inches of the in, the total inches of antler. So when I said 150 inch buck, like I'm kind of thinking in my mind something slightly bigger than like a 10 point. Like you shoot a, a Michigan. 10 or 12 is going to is going to run you real close. Like mine's an 11 and it ran I think well 140s. It was a super young deer though, like but every year every year both Ryan and I have bucks on trail cam that are seriously pushing 150. 
every oh, year. Ryan, you sent me some pictures. I don't know if it was last year. year. That, oh that, my there's, god! There's that, some there's some hogs out that there. buck from last so year with that spread. There's no way in hell that thing was a 150. And, that thing was I, a I, giant. I joke about it, but we chased these deer last year, and we were tracking them on different trail cameras, and, and, and we had invested seriously into some trail cameras. And we had, what did we have, like six trail cameras out on We had trail cameras out every, on 20 every corner of every trail. We had, yeah, we had, uh-huh. tra- and, but we were monitoring a lot of deer traffic, a lot of buck traffic, and waiting for different bucks, and they disappeared at different times. And like, we were, we were really into it last year. But we were really able to get close to some of those deer, like you, the deer that you that you had the mishap on opening opening day. That was that was a, a, a mountable buck. I saw it. It, oh, yeah. it came past oh, me sure. after you misfired on it. it. It wasn't what you have on the wall. It was probably, but it was, it was an eight or nine point. But it was significant. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So, but like I, those deer are out there, and we're chasing them. So when I say a one fifty inch buck. Down here is totally feasible. It, it, it absolutely is. And I'll have to measure the fucking thing and make sure that it makes... Oh, he's going to try to, to get to every see. inch out of this Right, shit. right. Like, I'm going to green score this shit out of this. It's going to score 150 he's one way or another. He's when it's, 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 it's not even dead yet. And he's, he's riding the fucker and he's measuring it right. before he shoots it. Right. But... You know, it, it, oh, oh my God! Like I hope to God that I can I can come across a buck of that even close to that caliber because in Michigan we have big bucks here. It's it's no secret to anybody we have a lot of pressure. That's a real problem, especially in Southeast Michigan where we hunt. In Southern Michigan, really from Bay City down, you have a lot of hunting pressure. And anywhere that has big bucks is going to be overpressured. It's just a matter of luck in a lot of cases. Like we've seen a lot of bucks, we missed some bucks, we killed some bucks. You know, we've killed some decent, you know, eight points and ten points, or my eleven point and things like that. But yeah, it it's it's not in. That's why when I made that bold prediction. It was. He was I, drunk. I, I, Come on, let's I just was, say I it. was hammered, but I was also <laughs> looking at the wall, you know, because this, this deer sits in the same room with a bunch of confetti <laughs> shit all over it. Oh my god! It sits in the same room that we podcast in. So I'm like, I'm looking at this deer, and I'm like, it was a dandy. It was an awesome story. But there's, it's not the biggest bug I've ever seen out there. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I just so, hope that it, we get to a point where like we are measuring deer because. That's not a buck of a lifetime. That's just a nice buck, and we're going to chase a bigger one next year. You I'll, know? Be, I'll be chasing him till the day I die. It, it, it don't matter. You know? Like you know, I, I'm never going to kill a buck a buck yeah. big enough. All right, know? now that we are 45 minutes in on question one, <laughs> Jesus, this is why our Q and A's take so damn long. So, uh, all right, so we're on the topic, right? So let's let's stick with hunting. So. We'll start with what, what type of bow does everybody use? Because bow season's right around the corner. Um, what? God, what is it today? Middle of July, so we got two months, two and a half months. I just saw somebody post something. It was like sixteen weekends until bow se- opening day of bow season or something. Not even no, it wasn't even that. What the hell was it? I was just telling you earlier. I'm gonna, it's right around the corner. I'm gonna start shooting here soon. So, what bow? What 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 bow do we use? And I guess let's um, just to throw in a little extra. Do you like bow season or gun season better? Who's okay? Starting? I'll go. Um, JJ. So, not the most extravagant setup. I can tell you that. I actually 
am shooting a bow that I received at the young, tender age of 17. So I got a bow in 2008. It is a bear element, and I've been shooting it ever since. Um, I'm due. I'm due for a new bow, but it still shoots arrows downrange like it's supposed to. And when I have mishaps, it's not the bow's fault. It's the operator's fault. So still gets the job done. Got the same whisker biscuit on it that I had back then, the same sight. Um, I've gone through a couple of strings. But, yeah, so a bare element is what I'm shooting right now. Like I said, it's a, it's becoming a relic that I because I've had it so long. So Probably still slings them, though. Like, oh, for sure. That, like I said, it gets the job done. I, I shot a buck with it in New York last year, and shot was a little bit back. Not because of the bow having a problem, because I just got a little worked up. <laughs> now, for you, is it bow season or gun season? Um, I'm gonna. Hmm, I'm going to say bow season because in a typical year, I'm spending more time in the woods in bow season, end of October, beginning of November, uh, trying to get out there around Halloween, and it does seem like there's you still know that there are people hunting, but you can't hear them. <laughs> so you don't, you don't realize maybe how many people are out there. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that I really like bow season. I really like around Halloween, uh, maybe the last week of October. What is it about hunting around Halloween? Like there's something about it. Like ever since I was a kid, like there's something about there's, and and obviously, it's just, like it's got to be like just it's the rut, but it's starting it's that that's time of year. That's when yeah. it's really starting to get cold, you know. Yeah. Um. Something about Halloween, man. That's I just like, generally people get jacked some... up for like Halloween. Like, no, I'm like oh, fucking the rut's on. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I like bow season. Um, I like that time of year. I think it's a good time of year to be in the woods and and have action. And then, uh, like I said, sure, I I've shot deer. Um, after November 15th, but you hear a lot of more action November 15th than you do November 14th. Well, you might hear yeah. some action November 14th, like people sighting their guns in, but yeah. yeah, it's still quiet out there, right? It's still quiet. It still feels like the deer are, you know, they've, they've probably had some pressure, but it's not the orange army yet. So yeah, the orange army. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm using the Barnett. I don't even know the model or Barnett recruit or something like that. I've had it since I worked at Cabela's. Before that, I had a Barnett Quad 400. and um, Yeah, shoot straight just when you shoot it straight. Or you know your range. Um, I think we told that story, right? I don't or know. Or we cited it in. Uh, did we last year? That? I think we did. Yeah, you when told I told that, that story. story yeah. yeah, yeah, because I just I didn't have the I think that was down. in episode one. That was like the recap of the last year. But again, it was uh, operator error. There's nothing wrong with the bow. It just, you know. So I've I've technically uh, shot at two deer with that, and I missed both of them. But again, <laughs> uh, I'm just shitty shot. So, but um, as far as bow or gun, it's 100 percent bow season for me. Like, but with that being said, gun season, you know, especially for anybody who lives in Michigan, opening day is a national holiday. You know, like one hundred percent. I guess not a national holiday. It'd be a, it's a holiday in my eyes, right? Like, you know, uh, anytime I've ever been like interviewing for jobs, I'm like, hey, uh, this weekend, November fifteenth, I won't be here. Is that a problem? <laughs> 
You know, like it's, it's, it, it's a deal breaker. Right? It's a deal breaker. If you say like, I can't do it. Okay. Like legitimately, because that's, you know, that's how important it is to a Michigan deer hunter is, is that opening day deer season, but it's not just opening day deer season. It's deer camp. It's going exactly. up North spending time with the buddies or family. And you know that, so that part of gun season is probably my favorite, but the gun season itself I, I don't like. <laughs> I've just never liked it because it seems like after about three or four days of the boomsticks going off in the woods, the deer are gone and they're very yeah. their, their patterns are completely they're completely different. Unless it's a rut, they're rutting hard still. I, I just I don't feel like I see as many deer, especially on cameras. So, um, but for me, it's definitely the bow bow season for right? sure. Is there your phone on or something? You got something on, Jason? I don't think so. I can hear something in the background. That's, that's weird, yeah. I can't. Yeah, sounds there's nothing like a, going on here. Sounds like a TV's on. There is a TV on in my house. <laughs> I can hear it. <laughs> yeah, we can hear it. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Tell Nikki she needs, she needs to take a hike. <laughs> I'll make a request to have her <laughs> turn it down. I'll make a request. I cannot guarantee you know, you probably won't even hear it when we're when we actually are playing the podcast. But in these headphones, like it is, I can almost hear what they're saying. But, but yeah, no bow season for sure because, especially last year, there was so much deer movement last year. Like on camera, I mean, they were just on their normal, I guess their normal patterns. Um, and then as you're, you kind of get that lull towards the end of October, but then it kicks right back up when you're into the rut and. It's starting to get cold. Plus, you can generally, you know, beginning of October, middle of October, you can go out there in a hoodie and sit in the woods. You're not freezing your ass off. Where end of November, yeah, you got to be, you know, long johns, full jacket. You're not comfortable, but you can carry a gun. So there's pros and cons. But for me, it's just it's bow season for sure. It's just seeing the deer in their normal patterns to me is – and actually, last year, I guess seeing – Seeing those those does getting pushed by that buck that I missed, like that was pretty sweet though. Yeah. But uh, so for me, I I shoot a uh, Bowtech Experience. Uh, bought it back in 2015, 15 or sixteen, um, and I'm I'm a big big bow hunter. I love to bow hunt. And I don't mind spending some money on it, and I put a lot of money into this bow. Uh, it was, I think, the the setup I bought was about twelve hundred dollar bow, and um, I I had shot I shot Hoyt, I shot Matthews, and I shot the Bowtech, all kind of side by side at a actual archery shop. And at the end of the day, I really liked the uh, the back wall on the um, on the Bowtech. I liked, you know, the let off in, in the back wall on it. And I thought it was really, it just really felt a lot different than the other bows. Uh, so I decided to go with the, uh, with the bow tech. Um, it had some gear already set up with it, stabilizer, um, the dropway rest that came with it, which I really do enjoy. I, I don't even, I, I have to look at it to see exactly what the name of the, the dropway rest was. The only thing I changed on it was I changed the, uh, it was an IQ um pin like multi-pin system and i changed it to a single hha um pin where i can adjust the range and things like that to it and that improved my accuracy a ton 
Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did some research and stuff on that before I decided to make that move. But when I did, uh, it was awesome. Uh, I highly recommend the single pins because you're not looking at multiple pins when you got a deer in front of you. You literally just range it. All right, that deer is at 30 yards, or you already have preset ranges when you're in the tree stand. So, all right, I know that if this deer comes on this trail, he's going to be at 30 yards, or this spot is going to be over 30 yards, or 20 yards, or whatever. And I can simply change my dial to my range, and I shoot, and it's right there. And I've killed a ton of deer with that bow. Uh, super fast. I think I chronographed it at 315 feet per second, um, and that was with a 340. 340 grain, uh, I think at that time I was shooting Beemans or whatever it was. I shoot gold tips now. I've changed from Easton to gold tips to Beemans. To, I've, I've tried a lot of different arrows, and I, I like think I like the gold tips the most. Um, and um, it's super fast, and I can I can it's given me a ton of extra distance that I'm comfortable with. So I'm comfortable with making a 40-yard shot, 45, even a 50-yard shot with my bow because – it's I know one I know it has a speed it has a kinetic energy on target at 50 yards but it also you know it, it has the accuracy you know I can I can you know at, at 50 yards I can put you know three four or five arrows inside of a four inch pocket at that range which is what I'm comfortable with I, I will not you know I'm a super ethical kind of guy when it comes to bow hunting I won't take a shot that I know that I can't make and you know, we all know that like there's never a perfect setup when it comes to, to bow hunting. And when a deer comes in on a weird angle or at a weird distance and things like that, you have to be comfortable with your gear. And the bow tech was, was the bow that kind of changed it for me. Before that, I shot bear. I shot, I had a bear G2SQ uh, that I shot for years, killed a ton of deer with it. And, um, but it wasn't really comfortable at range with it. I wasn't comfortable much over 30 with it. Everything I would get my, you know, my pattern, I wasn't patterning arrows very well in practice and things like that much after 30. And then before that I had a variety, I think that was kind of right after the army and during the, during my, my normal active duty days during the army, I didn't shoot a whole lot, but before that I shot bear darting way before that. But so the the Bowtech was a huge was dart in your first bow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but the the Bowtech was definitely something that um, I I enjoyed the precision of it. It was it was it was you know I paid a ton of money for that bow, but it was in every aspect it was worth every penny. Um, killed my biggest deer ever with that bow. A shot, you know that deer only that I shot that deer at twenty yards or twenty two oh, we'll, yards. We'll get into like that. that next, but. But it has, you know, it was such a weird angle that I knew it was normally an angle I wouldn't take, you know, kind of a quartering two angle. But I was, I knew the bow and I knew my speed and I knew that what I could do with it and I knew my broadheads and things like that. And it was just kind of a quick calculation where I was able to, I knew I could make that shot and I did, and uh, it worked out. So I, I definitely, um, I I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, that particular gear that I use, I shoot, uh, you know, for all the haters out there, I shoot rage broadheads. Um, who I hates rage broadheads? Everybody hates rage broadheads. Hey, Fuck those you people. can go on any hunting forum and they, everybody hates rage because they're kind of, they're mainstream. They're mainstream. Like, I don't know. People shoot all kinds of weird stuff, you know, slick tricks and a bunch of other stuff. I'm not going to say that anything's wrong with any of those. Like, you know, like, Every broadhead is great in its own way. I mean, Indians used to kill 
deer with sharpened rocks. You know what I'm saying? So like the broadheads that we have nowadays, no matter what you shoot, are definitely going to work. I just chose, I shot muzzies for years and I lost a couple deer with them and I, I lost my confidence in them. And so I changed. And when I changed, I think I killed, I think I killed 17 deer in a row and never lost one. And probably more than half of those, I watched them fall from the tree stand with a rage. So I, I like actually watched them pile up within distance of me in where I was sitting in the tree which was amazing to me. So I, I switched to, I shoot, uh, I shoot the, uh, the two blade chisel tips, uh, hundred grain, you know, so that's kind of my setup. That's what I do for bow. And, uh, it, it's worked out pretty well for me. I'll probably, I may change a couple of little things up this year. Um, I think we know the answer to the next question. Then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my hunting, my, my gun hunting setup, not nearly as extravagant. I got a 450 Bushmaster. I got a 270 that I rifle up north of the rifle line in Michigan, but otherwise, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a total bow hunter through and through. There's just something about it. I, I mean, anybody who bow hunts knows this. Uh, it's, it's just it's, the time of year. Man. It, it's, just... it, it's the time of year. It's the, it's, it's all the things that have to go into making one shot, you know, which, which definitely drives me a little bit more as far as, you know, the, the challenge of it. I'm, you know, I musky, I, I musky fish. I talk about it all the time, right? I don't do any of this shit because it's easy. If I want to do, if I want to do any of this because it was easy, I would go out and I would, I don't know, hunt a cornfield with a 450 or, and, or I would, uh, I'd perch fish, you know? Yeah. I, I'm not saying any of that's easy. Don't get mad. But what I'm saying is I enjoy, I, I enjoy the challenge of things. So that's, that's kind of why I gear myself a little bit more towards bow hunting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. bow hunting is definitely my passion. That's, we haven't even gotten into it. And when no. we do, I'll talk for hours. No. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my setup. That's what I do. All right. So let's do, let's do one more since we're already an hour into this shit and we're two questions in now. So, what is your biggest deer and what's the story behind it? So I think you got to go first for this one, right? It's not much of a story, but, um, so, uh, that would have been up North gun season. Um, God, probably four years ago or so. Um, not much of a buck. It's eight point. Um, but it's just, it's, Nothing to write home about. It's a dandy for that for that area. For that area, really, well, it really not is. after you know I missed the one last year that could have put three of that antler in, but dude, it's we, just a nice. It's a nice eight point. I mean, it's again not anything special. Um, bigger than a little basket rack, as I call them, but uh, not anything to put on a wall by any means. So, um, hang that some bitch on the wall, like. It's it's somewhere. Man, I think it's on the wall. We celebrated. We celebrated that motherfucker like it was a, like it was a a, a thirty pointer. It was a trophy you know? that it day was, for sure. So yeah, like I think it was. That don't was down sell it. Like was that, that opening was, day? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yes, op- it was. It was opening day because we, we went up. We shot another one the next day. We went up and uh, <laughs> we went up and but we generally the last couple of years we've gone up and we've bow hunted like three days two or three days before gun just because that's just how our work schedules have have played out so we'll go up early we'll bow hunt for two or three days and then we'll gun hunt for usually it's like two days and then we've got to come back for for work or something that depends on the day of the week that just seems how it's always worked out 
which has actually been really nice because you, you get in the woods before everybody else does. <laughs> and, you know, mo- the areas that we're hunting, the woods is generally so thick, like a gun doesn't really give you any advantage compared to uh, bow hunting. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but it was, yeah, we, I think we sat, what, like three days, didn't see a single thing. Yeah. And we got dumped on on snow, uh, which is beautiful. And sat there most of opening morning, didn't see a damn thing. Um, went in for some lunch because we are not all day sitters. <laughs> it's not going to do it. It's just not for me. Um, if I was in a heated blind or something, I'd think about it, but not when we're sitting in a, in a tree stand or something. But, um, so that particular year, I was hunting out of a ground blind. And the reason I was hunting out of a ground blind was because somebody stole my fucking tree stand. <laughs> Twice is that. So, <laughs> well, this was, this was the first time. So um, we had, it, it's private property. Uh, my father-in-law, where he hunts, we've got, Jason, that place where you've, where you've gone, um, up and on away. Um, we've got some, a section of the woods that we're allowed to hunt. So he let us put up some tree stands. So Bobby put up tree stand. I bought it. I took up tree stand, really nice tree stand that I had gotten from Dick's, like a, a extra large, uh, one man stand, super comfortable. I could sit in it all day if I wanted to. Um, and, uh, I think we had gone up earlier in the summer or something like that. Or no, we went up, we went up to, to check out the cabin um a few weeks before bow season just for the hell of it and uh just took a walk back in the woods and as soon as we start walking down this trail i can see the tree and i can just see the my my rope for my harness hanging there and i'm like my fucking tree stand's gone and i'm hoping it fell and we get up this there this is private land too this is yeah. not public yeah. like somebody came onto private land and yeah. stole a tree stand so if you're from Ottawa and you steal tree stands fuck you <laughs> straight up so uh so yeah, we we realized the tree stand stolen, and this is seriously like it might be a week before for bow season. We're like, what the hell do we do? And uh, so we go back, check Bob's, his is fine, do some trimming, get stuff set up, and then uh, I think we went into Walmart that day to go. I don't remember to get something, and I was we we're at Walmart, and I was like, I'm I'm almost gonna buy a brand new tree stand. But I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to go through that. Building a tree stand, putting it up, like it's. You know, it must have been right before deer seeing because I'm like, I don't want to cause all that commotion in the woods, right? So um said, screw it. I've got a, ground, a pop-up ground blind. I said, I'll just hunt out of that for this year. It's fine. Again, where we're sitting, it's still going to be within bow range of any area that I can see. So um set up a, a ground blind when we went up for bow season, hunted all. We went up for a bow trip, didn't see anything, all of the bow trip. Never saw a single deer and then go up for gun season, went hunted like three days, didn't see a deer and like pretty, uh, deflated, not like thinking we're <laughs> going to see anything. Yeah, right. And we had gotten all that snow and like, I'm watching a clearing in the woods. That's like the general area that I'm watching. And I'm just like, there's a small trail running to my right. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I just want to look at something different. So for the shits and giggles, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn and because it was to my right so since i shoot to my left it was going to be easier for me to face that way and if i need to shoot the clearing to my left it would just be a little bit easier so i I turned and i'm telling you it was like five minutes after i turned and i'm hunting it's gun season so i'm hunting with a gun 
all of a sudden I, and, and it's thick pines that we're, we're, we're hunting. And all of a sudden I can see just feet coming underneath the pine tree. And I'm like, Oh, and I'm not ready. Guns leaning up against the wall, you know? Um, and I'm just like slouched back in the chair, super comfortable, half falling asleep. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh shit, got to react. And, uh, it all happens within about five seconds. And it, it, I see the legs walking under the pine tree all of a sudden I see the head, I see horns. And I, and the, at the same time, I'm grabbing the gun, bringing it up. And there's a window down this trail. That's about, I don't know, maybe a foot in between some big trees. And this deer happens to stop right behind the trees. And I'm not making this shit up. It's not like a bullshit story. Like it legitimately stops right behind these trees, right in that window. So I just put the crosshairs right in between the trees. I knew it was right on shoulder, pulled the trigger and honest God, maybe 10 seconds, that entire encounter, like it happened so fast, sat for three days, that trip, three or four days, the, the, the earlier bow trip, didn't see a deer. And all of a sudden in 10 seconds, it's over. Like, holy shit. And I remember you text me, was that you? I'm like, well, we're a hundred yards apart. <laughs> if it's not me, who the fuck is it? Um, so, uh, I remember you had texted me saying, Hey, I'm walking, I'm walking your way. So I, I just wanted to get out and just make sure I hit it because I had such a small window. I wanted to make sure I didn't hit the tree. That was all my concern was because I was like, I had such a small window. I pulled up so fast, free-handed it, had no rest, nothing, pulled the trigger. I'm like, it's a very good chance I hit the tree and I hit this fucking deer because it took off in the direction and so thick that I, I had no idea. So I, I walk over there uh, to where roughly where I thought it was standing, and I see – you know, some blood. And I'm like, all right, cool. Cause it's, again, it's full of snow. So we can see the blood pretty, pretty clear. So I'm like, all right, I at least hit the deer. I feel better about this. It's like four o'clock. Yeah. We, we were in the woods, like honest <laughs> to God, like maybe yeah. 30 minutes. Like yeah. he had probably just gotten back to his tree stand, got up in there. I think I was pretty hung over that day. Probably, so. probably. Yeah, you were, I because was, I, I remember was, you being excited. No, no, no. This was the next night. The next day. The I, next was, day. I was way hung over because we were kind of celebrating the <laughs> yeah. kill the night before. Yeah. I was way hung over. Yeah. Yeah, so, anyway. so I, I, I saw the blood and I, and I backed out cause I was like, it very well could be Deb. And I backed out walked over to the trail where you were coming up and I just started walking down the trail to come to you. And you were like looking into the woods and I'm like, you know, came up, I don't know. I came up walking on you and I I remember what I said, like, what are you looking at? And he's like, "Ah, I think I see blood over here. And you just started walking. Like you just started walking into the woods and sure enough, you find the blood trail. And I think from that point, what it was like 10 yards and deers right there piled up right there. Like right along the trail that he's walking on, and this is this is five minutes after I shot it, and like, oh shit, it's a, it's right on the trail, walking out of here. It was a good, yeah, it was a good shot. Like yeah. it couldn't have been any better. Like yeah, th- what that thing run forty yards maybe if that. Yeah, and uh, so we grab it, drag it, drag <laughs> we, it out, we drag it over the state land. <laughs> yeah, we, we drag it across the road. We didn't want to, so we still had I think a couple days of hunting, so we didn't want to like gut it there and then you know leave this the stink all over the ground so we're like you know let's drag it over to the state land gut it out um leave the mess over there so we do that and it's not even that far of a of a drag but it was still full of the guts so we were like dying (laughs) whooped our ass (laughs) well he's he's already got a couple hundred yard walk with all of his gear coming out of the woods so he gets to that point then we got to drag this deer and uh 
Yeah, we drag it out, gut it, and we were back at camp at. That was the fastest gut job we ever did, too, like, because we were both working on it. We were both. Well the, well, the first one was kind of a shit show. The second one, we zoom like it was yeah. like ten minutes. We yeah, were done. yeah, we had a little <laughs> practice at that point. So it was. But like, yeah, we were back at camp at shit. Five, maybe an hour five, before dark. Yeah. Had it hung in the tree, cleaned out. Drinking, S- drinking beer, taking shots, some beers, taking shots. Fastest that's a, that's ever happened. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so the next night, um, just to recap that story, identical situation. We go out in the morning, didn't see anything. Um, Bobby's feeling like shit because he's yeah, yeah, I'm super like hungover. Like yeah. it was a bad day. And, then, and so we go out at night and uh, same thing, maybe sitting no, dude, for, I, for 15, 20 minutes. I just got in my tree stand and I'm like, oh my God, I can feel like garbage. Like, all right, I'm just going to sit here. I'm like take a nap and then and I'm like, son of yeah. a bitch. It was the same, literally. <laughs> same thing. I text him again, you know, question mark. Yeah. So I'm and like, yep. So I'm, like, I'm facing that same trail because I'm like, ah, eh, there's, where there's one, there might be two, right? Like, and I'm thinking I've got one on, I'm got one hanging. I'm good. I don't really give a shit. You know, I'm I'm comfortable. I'm gonna sit back. I might take a nap tonight, and I'm out there for maybe ten minutes. Like he's probably still walking through the woods at this point, and all of a sudden, two, two maybe two or maybe three does come walking down that same trail. That's a big and, too. And the little ones come out first. And then the big one comes and it turns down the trail that's coming right at me. And she turns and she's looking and she she's maybe 30 yards from where she's cutting through the woods, hits the trail and she turns, comes right at me and she sees my blind and she's like, oh, hell no. And I've got the gun shoulder because I've got a doe tag. So I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to do this. And uh, so she's, she's looking right at me and she knows something's up. And I've got the gun like shouldered up. I'm not, I don't have the gun up to the window. Like I've just, I'm holding it with it to my shoulder. And she's looking at me and she starts stomping. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Oh, no. No, you oh, didn't. Hell no. And so, like, I very slowly just like kind of lean back at the same time of bringing the barrel up. And she's looking at me the whole time. And all I can see is the white, the white on her neck. And I just bring it up to where the barrel's just past the, the, the material. <laughs> And wait till I see the light and pull the trigger. Boom. And she drops. I Once the smoke settles, she just drops. And uh, she does a couple spins and done right there. It was a murder scene. It was yeah, we, li- so literally I, I, a crime scene So he, scene he texts me again. And I'm like, yep, got a dough. <laughs> so he, same thing. He gets down. Walked all two nights in a row. Walked all the way out there. A couple hundred yards past where my stand's at. And he's got to walk all the way back minutes after getting in the stand. We walk up to this deer, and it's literally like a what a six foot by six foot circle of blood. Yeah, it was. This thing started <laughs> like spinning. It was brutal. I was like, "Oh shit!" Same thing. <laughs> like Tied this thing. Of, this ain't gonna be a messy gut job because all the blood's on the snow. Like, yeah, my God, yeah. So same thing. We drag it up across the state land, right next to the other gut pile. Same, yeah, same spot. And uh, that one was a lot faster because we had already. That was, I think, that was the yeah, first we had, deer we had gutted for the year. So you got to get reacclimated, right? So. So this is the second one. So he's working, I think, on the bottom half. I'm up top, like cutting shit out, sawing the thing. I think it was like maybe ten minutes. We were done. Yeah, we threw in the truck. We had her cleaned up and hung up, and yeah. we were like back at camp. Same thing. It was like same beer. time. I remember we were driving back, 
and uh dad had dad he was just sitting right by the road like the main like road sitting on a power line and he saw us pull up and like so we he started walking towards us and uh he's like what are you guys doing we're like oh we got another one to hang up <laughs> holy shit <laughs> that, that that's kind of how we roll like when we me and him always hunt together i we always hunt within a few hundred yards of each other and when one of us shoots we're immediately going to you know we react to it if i shoot yeah. something he's coming if i shoot if he shoots something i'm coming and we you know we'll you know, we, we handle it right away because we'd rather not have to like mess around with it. It might screw up one person's hunt, but again, the kind of the way that both of us operate is the, like, if one of us gets one, it, it's a success. Like, right. team, I, I, team don't, effort. I, I don't care. Well, if especially he, gun season. Like as soon as that gun gets fired in the woods, like eight, yeah, <laughs> there's I mean, no we, other deer that are coming in that night. We're, we're hunting. Know? Yeah. We're hunting a 40 acre parcel up there. Well, it, it's, it's much bigger than that, but the private land that we hunt is a 40 acre parcel there. So 40 acres is, it's big, but at the same time is not that big. So like if he's, if he shoots something on his side and then I'm hunting a, a few hundred yards away, like it's, it's pretty much, I'm, you know, I I'd rather deal with the deer and help him track stuff. And we, we drag it together. We gut it together. It's all part of it to me when it comes to the, the hunting part of it. Like, I, I'm not going to just, hey, all right, cool. You know, uh, get it gutted out, and I'll see you back at the truck. Yeah. Maybe we'll shoot more deer that way. But either, yeah. either way, that's part of yeah, it for me. Like, that's what I, I don't though. care. I don't care who kills deer as long as somebody's killing deer and we're, yeah. you know. If, if anything, like I said, I was feeling like trash when I got in the tree. And when he shot, I was like kind of like, oh, man. But at the same time, I was like sweet i can get out of the tree <laughs> you know so yeah. it was it was fun though that was a good that was like that was a great season like that one that one in particular that was was a couple yeah. years ago but it was so uh, let's hear about your biggest book mine yeah so uh it, it's obviously uh my 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 big and i got on the wall i got a couple on the wall but it's uh uh, it's an 11 point that's, uh, I think it scored one, what was it? 141 and five eights or something. Yeah, like, something I can't like remember exactly what the, the measurements of it were. Again, I'm not, I'm not really that, that hip on, um, on measuring deer, even though I called it out like an idiot. But anyway, um, but my biggest year to date, it's an 11 point, um, shot it in Southeast Michigan, Washtenaw County. And, um, so that particular day I, was hunting so we have a, a a piece of property back kind of where we grew up in that area that we grew up and there's a, i don't know i would say about 100 acres of land out there and part of it we had access to and part of it not you know but either way it's about 100 acres total that we were hunting at that time and um we had several stands set up and i have a my particular stand that i had wanted to hunt that day and the wind was completely wrong for it. And I was going to get in the tree and I get out there and I realize that the wind is wrong. And I'm like, you know what? I know Ryan's not hunting. I know he's working right now, but his stand is shaped up perfectly for this particular wind. So I texted you and I was like, I was like, Hey, I'm going to hunt your stand. And you're like, yeah, cool, whatever. So I went and I hunted in his tree stand. So I'm sitting in his tree stand and it was early. It was November... I think it was November 1st. 
whatever year I shot that deer, but I thought it was like the seventh or November first or fifth or something like that. So it was into the rut, and uh, you know, so I, I get in the tree stand. I was sitting in the tree stand maybe thirty minutes or so, and uh, I'm I'm kind of like messing around on my phone or something, or just doing you know not being you know when you first get in the tree stand, I have a really hard time. Like it takes me a minute to get in the groove, like get into that mode of like haunting mode of. So, so when I first get up there, I'm getting situated, getting everything ready. You know, maybe check my phone, check my updates, or, you know, check my check the mail, my email, or check on Facebook or something like that. And then I'm like, all right, you're great, Andrew. No, I'm not. I'm really not. But, you know, but like when it gets to prime time, you know, when I'm when that sun is just starting to come down, like it's on. And at that point, like I don't touch the devices, I don't I don't mess with anything. I'm sitting as still as I can. I don't mess around at that particular point. But anyway, this is early. It's like four o'clock something like that 4 30 and uh and all of a sudden like i just just right in front of me straight in straight across in front of me 30 yards i've got a nice buck nose to the ground and he is just on a trot just moving right in front of me just cuts you know you know and i'm hunting hardwoods so this is kind of open hardwoods so it's it's a lot of oak trees and maple trees you know elm and you know ash and stuff like that so it's a lot of it's just wide open and this buck cuts right in front of me nose to the ground and he catches me off guard and he's on a good trot though so there's no way that i can like i couldn't grab my bow i I generally hang my bow on a bow hanger and i can you know so i grab my bow and the the deer just cuts right in front of me and then he like disappears into this thick shit to my left from he's coming from right to left disappears into the stick stuff to my left and i'm like holy shit man that was a that was a huge buck that was a nice buck so i immediately get on my grunt i hit my grunt a couple times and i'm like i'm I, i'm the more at this point i'm sounding like the most ridiculous deer in the woods because i'm just <laughs> rah, 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 just doing it and i'm changing i have a i have a grunt Come call here, deer. Come I, I have a grunt call where i can change like the pitches on it so i'm like i'm giving doe bleats i'm giving buck grunts and i i grab my rattling bag i slam on that thing for a little bit i'm like doing everything i can like hey come back here and he just disappears and i'm like son of a bitch and um you know so i'm like all right that was cool but at the same time this sucked all right whatever so I put my my bow back on the hanger and I'm sitting there and maybe not less than not more than five minutes after that I hear kind of a you know that you hear that little right behind you. So I kind of look over my shoulder a little bit and I look over and there's that buck. He's right there. He's on the opposite side. There's a fence kind of dividing us, and he's like he's messing around with a branch. He's got his nose up in the air and he's messing around with a branch and he's thirty yards away. But he's, a, he's across a fence, and I have permission on both sides of this fence. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stone at that point. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, he's back. Like, what I don't know what, do? I don't know if he heard my crazy grunting and my crazy rattling and stuff like that. And was like, well, you the, know what? Let's what see, what that, let's see what that's that? all about. But either way, he came back around. But at this point, he's downwind. And I'm like, shit, he's downwind. And no shit, this deer, like... He's downwind to me. Well, kind of downwind to me at this point. He he turns and he's walking away from me down the fence row, and he comes into the spot. There's an opening in the fence. It's an old snowmobile trail that we used to use back in the day, 
And that's, that was the same path that I walk into the stand. And, and it was, it's downwind of where I'm at right now. And he walks into that, uh, he walks through that opening in the fence. So now he's right behind me, dead downwind. And he's 25 yards, maybe. And I was like, and I'm just thinking in my head, like, he's going to bust me, dude. There's no way. There's, he's got to smell me. And his nose is in the air. He's He knows something's up, kind of, but he doesn't at the same time. Like, he's still kind of... He was so when he came through, I I suspect he was hot on something. He was a hot yeah, on a dough. He's trotting. He's he was trotting. trotting, and his nose was to the ground. He was uh, he was hot on a dough. So when he came up wind, his nose is to the wind. His nose goes back down. Things like that. And I had to maneuver kind of around the uh, the tree a little bit. And I I had at this point I got my bow in my hand, and I have one window, just like one small little break in the branches, and I'm like. This is it. This is all I've got. And he's going to bust me if he gets any closer. And sure enough, he was going to take like one or two more steps and he'd be in that window. And I had an opportunity. I like he had turned his head or he did something weird. And when he did, I drew, I drew. And then he took like another step and boom, he's in the window. But again, it was, I think I just said something about it earlier. He was at a weird angle. He's, he's, he's quartering kind of hard towards me. Almost not straight at me, but he's quartering hard towards me. And I'm like, and again, I knew my bow. I knew the speed that my bow shot. And I knew like, I knew the penetration I could get on it and where I'm. So I'm thinking in my head real quick, where do I want this arrow to come out? Not where I, where I necessarily want to put it in, but where do I want this arrow to come out in order to hit vitals? So I picked kind of in front of the shoulder as opposed to behind the shoulder, like we normally do. And I'm, I'm thinking like, it's weird to say this, but it's like, I'm thinking the anatomy of a deer. I'm thinking shoulder bones. That's what I'm looking at. Where are his shoulder bones right now? When he took that one step in there and I said, where can I put this? And it was literally in the front of the shoulder, just below the neck. And I was like, this is my one spot. This is all I got. And he's and and when I drew and he took that step, he's looking directly at me. So not only is he looking directly at me, but he is downwind. So I was like, this is it. Like you either do it or you don't. And at that point I felt like it was an ethical enough shot. And and I felt that like I could kill him with this shot and I took it. And when I did, I buried that, I took that shot and it hit and I buried the, uh, all the way to the fletching. Um, the arrow didn't pass through, um, hit him right in front of that shoulder, exactly where I aimed um and i buried that fletching and he took a he took like one or two bounds he bounded over a fence and then he got into some thick stuff and i was like at that point like and then boom i lost sight of him and i was like holy shit i mean i just i had to i had to sit down i had to sit down because the adrenaline at that point was like beyond what you can really explain i had to sit down because i was like i was afraid i was gonna fall out of the damn tree i was clipped in but i was like i I might still fall out of the tree and i immediately i think i immediately called you or immediately texted you and said it was either you or nikki and i said i just I, i was i was at work when you called me I think I, I think I texted Nikki first. And I said, I just and shot as soon as you were calling me, like I see your phone calling me and I'm like, motherfucker shot a deer out of my stand. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, I, te- I was really, yeah. when he told me what he shot, I'm like instantly like, that's fucking badass. Like yeah. I give him shit. Cause that's, I call it my deer. Cause he shot it out of my stand. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I texted Nikki and I said, Hey, 
I just shot the biggest deer of my life. What's funny and is was I like, was oh, going to hunt that awesome. night. I was going to hunt that night. But for whatever reason, I could not get out of work. I had some bullshit going on. You were at Cabela's. Some, something at happened. Time. No, no. This was... I don't remember where I was at. This is way before Cabela's. I could, well, you shot that in 2013. No, I shot that in, like, 15. I shot it in 15. Yeah, I, I didn't start Cabela's till 16. So oh, I don't remember where the hell I was at. Yeah, I don't Regardless I don't know, of where I, I was where at, I couldn't get out of work. Um... But when that happened, yeah, there was a family emergency. I had to go. <laughs> I had to go. Yeah. So I, I called Nikki, yeah. and, and she's like, yay, you know, stuff like that. And then I called She's Ryan. thinking yay, not knowing what the bill is going to be on that fucker. <laughs> well, well I, I think I called Ryan at that point, and I said, hey, dude, I just shot this deer. I don't know where it's at. I'm going to get down, and I'm going to go back to Dad's. And he's like on my way or, you know, or something. I, I think we we're te- We might've been texting or something like that. He's like on my way. I was like, all right, cool. So I get down out of the tree stand. This is well before dark. And I get back, you know, I, I walk back to my dad's house, um, which is maybe a few hundred yard walk. I walk back to my dad's house and, you know, kind of crack a, a, a beer and say, all right, cool. Uh, you know, step one complete. Now we got a lot more to do. So I was waiting on Ryan, and the whole time I'm like a nervous wreck. You know, that's I'm when like, the adrenaline wears down, and you start second guessing. Yeah, yeah, and that's no what I was doing. How like, good that, the shot is, unless you watch that thing fall, you start second guessing. Like, all right, did I aim at the right spot? Where did the arrow hit? Like, could I have done anything different? Like that. At least that's I've done it like every time I shoot a deer. If I, I think I think fall. that stand was at like. It, it, that stand was at like 17 feet or something like that, and the deer was 20 yards away. So the angle was fairly steep on it, and where I had put it, I kind of knew that like I had to hit something vital. But I did, when you've got shoulder bones involved, if I hit a shoulder and busted off a blade, you never know what you're going to yeah. be, able, what how fatal it's going to be. So it, 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 I've seen some weird shit in all the years I've been bull hunting. So I was like. All right, I get back, and I'm still second-guessing myself. I'm second-guessing that angle for sure, and uh, Ryan comes out. Ryan finally gets there, and uh, we hop on the four-wheeler, and we head out there. We head out there. We got to hop a couple fences to get there. We get there, and we start doing a little bit of tracking job, and um, you know, we tracked it maybe, I don't know, 40 yards, 50 yards uh, through some really thick stuff, and I'm like going in a completely different direction. Ryan goes in another direction. We kind of lost blood for a second. We're like, what? You know, like the blood was pretty decent at the beginning, and then we lost blood for a second. So I start going off in a weird direction. He goes in another direction, and then uh, he kind of gives me the old, hey, I, uh, I found some blood over here, and I'm like, Okay, you know, and so I go over there, and sure enough, he's laying belly up. And I was like, <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. There it is laying on his side. And it was, at the, at the t- I mean, and to this day, like, it was just mammoth, man. I still got, I still have, like, the kill pictures of it, or, like, the pictures of, like, yeah, when we found unreal. it. It was unreal at the time. Like, we did a little hooting and hollering, and it was uh, it was a good day. And then even, like, the way we got that deer out, so well, it was I in a pasture. I, I remember at that point, we're like, okay, how the fuck are we getting this thing out of here? Yeah. Because there's a six-foot fence that we jumped over to get in here. It's a couple hundred We're not deer. lifting this thing over it, and we're in the neighbor's cow pasture, so we can't gut it here. <laughs> we can't yeah. gut it in this pasture. Yeah, so we, we went over to the neighbor's house. We went over to... We went over to the neighbor's house and 
talk to him real quick and he was like, yeah, we can just, we'll just take my tractor out there. We'll put it in the bucket. And I'm like, okay. And I, I rode it in the bucket. Yeah. We both rode we the both, bucket we out there. We sat in the bucket of this tractor and he drove out there and we drove right up to it and we loaded the deer up in the bucket. And yeah. He lo- lowered the bucket right, right down to the ground, right up next to the yeah. deer. We slid it on. We get back. I think we walked out if I remember right, because the deer was Maybe in the we did. Or something. I think the deer took up the whole But then bucket, he brings but... the bucket right up to the back of Bob's truck and we just slide it off into the truck. I'm like, holy shit. That <laughs> was the easiest recovery. We, we need ever a tractor. Had. Yeah. And then we, we drove it we drove it back down the road and then back behind my dad's and then just pulled it off and gutted it out there. But yeah, yeah I, I made sure that I did a good job uh when it came to gutting gutting it so that I could cape it because I knew I knew Well you that. can teach me that this year when I cape mine out. I, I knew that uh, I was going to. Might my dough out. <laughs> I knew I was going to mount this deer because it was, I was 100%. so, I was so stoked, man. Like that was just an yeah. awesome experience and a, and a really I, fun hunt. And I, I might, everything about it was just crazy. It's happened so fast too. Like from the time that that deer came across in front of me and then I, I, blew, I started hitting my grunt call like crazy and just acting like a, like a retarded deer in the woods. <laughs> and, and then. From the time that it showed up and I made the shot, it was a minute, two, maybe. Yeah. It was so fast, and 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 again, just like, just a just an awesome hunt, and that's what I love about uh, about where we hunt in Southeast Michigan is because you never know what you're going to come across. And I've shot all, all my biggest deer have all come from Southeast Michigan. They've all been yeah. Washtenaw County deer. You know, I've got another decent ace, you know, another decent eight point on the wall and, and a few other bucks. And I've seen some in every year we get them on trail camera that are just monsters, you know? It's so pretty, it's like, that one's pretty similar to the one I shot, right? Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. That be, was the one I shot with those bucks. Yeah. All right, Jason, I know you already told your story. I'm assuming. Um, I've got, so the deer that I shot last fall and then a deer that I shot back in 2014, they were similar in body size, both pretty big. Um, that deer back then was wider, but the deer I shot in the fall was taller, uh, a little narrower rack and taller. So I don't, I've gone back and forth on which one I think is bigger. I mean, the the one I shot in the fall is a nine point, and like I said, I think I told that story. So yeah, I'll you tell told that in from, uh, I think episode one. Yeah, so, so you might like as well the tell recap. the other. You might as well tell yeah. tell the other story. So 2014, um, my brother shot a uh, an eight point Saturday morning was opening day. He shot an eight point at like eight o'clock, and like you guys have said. Once someone pulls the trigger, my hunt's over. I don't right. care anymore. I'm getting down. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, man. Like, the 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 rush of, like, you hear that. Like, back when I was younger, I used to hear that, and I'm like, God damn it. Like, I get pissed, you know? Yeah. When I was, you know, I'm talking when I was, like, you know, 15, 16, I hear my dad fire right, a gun. Right. I'm thinking, damn it. Like, now my hunt's over. Yeah. I'm not going to see anything. And now I'm like, it's the opposite. I'm like, I'm jacked. I'm like. Hell yeah. Like he shot something, right? Or you yeah. know, it's just a different vibe. And that's what like that's what deer camp's all about. Like yeah. seeing other guys bring in these bucks, like but good. Um and I'm trying to think, uh there's a there's a story because Jacob has he has shot um a couple of eight points out of this stand opening morning, uh or opening day a gun, 
like within the first hour. This is just routine for him of go out there, sit for an hour and shoot a buck. And I think that that morning they had sent me, we, we set up a stand and it didn't have, we oftentimes use like those reflective tacks. Um, if it's got quite a walk through the woods, right? Well, this stand that I was headed to in the morning, it wasn't very far in the woods. And so they were like, Oh yeah, go over here, go over there. It's off the edge of this field. It's by a big rock, blah, blah, blah. So opening morning, here I am humble bumble going through the woods, trying to find this stupid stand that I can't find the humble bumble. I'm getting mad. It's starting to break daylight. So I ended up sitting down next to a tree, just like pouting. And, uh, I ended up being right near it. I just couldn't see it even with my headlamp. So I had climbed up in my tree stand. I didn't even sit down. I got up to the top of the tree and I heard Jacob shoot. And like I said, so that, that ends. So he shoots an eight point again, like I said before, it's just an eight point. It wasn't a record book. It was just a little eight point, but we were excited. I ended up hunting five days and I hardly saw any deer and he shot that eight point. He didn't hunt the next evening. He didn't hunt the next day. He didn't hunt the next would be Monday morning. He was just laying around camp, this and that. And then he's like, oh, well, I got a doe tag. I guess I'll go out Monday afternoon, sits there for an hour, shoots a doe. Like, well, this, this is fun. Guy shot a buck and a doe and hunted like two hours. So Wednesday morning was our last day. Like I said, I've hunted morning and evening. I've spent a lot of hours in the woods with very, very little to show for it. So my plan was to sit on the ground actually in this one area that had a lot of deer movement. I had sort of um, not given up on shooting a buck, but just was like, okay, my chances of shooting a buck on day five of gun season are, are low. Number one, well, number one, number two, I haven't hardly seen any deer to begin with. And so I was going to sit in this spot and at nine o'clock, my dad was going to come out from our little camper and do essentially like a one man deer drive. He was going to walk down this mode path and come and get me. And that was going to be the end of the day or, you know, end of the trip. And I was going to head home. So sitting there, not seeing anything, get out there in the morning, don't see anything. And it's getting to be close to nine o'clock. And I knew dad was going to do his little one man, uh, deer drive. And like I said, deer drive is exaggerating what it was at nine o'clock he was gonna go for a walk through the woods <laughs> that's what his plan was so you know what though bobby uh, and i we always do that yeah. like one of us will like we'll say all right at such such time i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna start walking towards you but not down the yeah. trail we're gonna cut through the woods it's yeah. never worked to this day but we <laughs> still do it <laughs> i just why so this was finding a bunch of spots that I wish I was sitting in. Yeah. 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 Like, well, this tree looks yeah. a lot better than where I'm at. Exactly. So, so it gets to be nine o'clock and dad did not hunt that morning. He was just, like I said, put on, uh, put on like his rain top and bottom and just went for a walk. And at this point, this was my first year I had to learn. This is my first year that I had a backpack and I would literally go out to the woods and I still do. I hardly wear any, of my camo clothes out to the stand because I will be pouring with sweat. So I have this backpack that I load up everything into. And, uh, so nine o'clock I decided I don't really like where I'm at based on his walk in the woods. I'm going to move over a little bit where I think there's a better chance of deer coming through the woods, load up my little backpack, stand up. And I had, I was using a muzzleloader. Um, I still use a muzzleloader during the regular gun season cause I don't have a, 
a 450 or anything. I've but I use Jacob's gun because he shoots a deer on opening day, and then I just wait and shoot one with his gun the next day. <laughs> but anyway, so I had my muzzleloader with like the scope covers, right? They got the little mm-hmm. uh, scope caps, and I had left them open. Packed up my backpack, sling over my shoulder, and. I pick up my gun and I turn around the tree and I take like three or four steps and I'm there's some snow on the ground. I'm watching on the ground so I don't slip. And something you, catches my eye. You tend to do that a lot. And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so something catches my eye. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's a deer coming. And I look up and I see just I just see brown going through the woods with some antlers on top of it. And I'm like, oh, look, a buck. And I pull up my gun. The deer like kind of turned quartering to me there's antlers in the scope it's a buck quartering to me pull the trigger smoke thing runs off and i'm like i don't know how big it was i don't know if i hit it i kind of know where it went and that's about all i'm going off of so i walk over to where it was standing have an idea of where it was standing no blood no hair no nothing said all right, well, dad's going to be here in a couple of minutes, right? He's going to be humble bumble through the woods. So I went back to where I stood, where I shot. He's walking along through the woods and he, he obviously he heard me shoot and he gets to actually where the deer was standing. And I said, stop right there. That's where it was standing when I shot. And he goes, what was standing here? And I said, a deer, or I said, a buck. And he goes, how big? And I said, I think it's bigger than a fork. <laughs> I didn't know. I Like I said, I just saw antlers on its head. I didn't know what it was. And he's like, okay, well, I don't see any, you know, didn't see any blood or hair or anything. And I said, well, I saw where it ran. I lost sight over in this general direction. You guys know you shoot a muzzleloader and it's a big, huge puff of smoke in front of you. You're like, yeah. don't, you literally don't see the deer until it clears the smoke. Yeah. Um, Which is cool and annoying at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So I could see on the ground in the snow and stuff, like, where the deer had been running, you know, where it, like, scuffed up the ground on the fresh snow. And I said, I'm going to put another round in, and I'm just going to go slow and essentially follow these tracks until we get to the property boundary. Like, I don't really – I didn't think about waiting an hour or anything like that. I said I shot, and it didn't even – I mean, it ran off. I saw the deer running through the woods. That was, it didn't really look hurt. It was just running. And uh, so I just went real slow. I, I went along this fence line. Um, like I said, sc- saw the scuff marks in the ground. And I look up and I'm like, oh, looks like there's some rocks up there. And I got up to it and there's a dead eight point. <laughs> like not one, one drop of blood. Didn't you know? I I just followed the trail through the snow. It only was it, it didn't go a hundred yards, but I couldn't. I didn't see it fall or anything, right? It was thick enough yeah. that I didn't see it fall. Um, and and like I said, again, we've said it a bunch on this podcast, but not a huge rack. It's an eight point. It's, it's, a, tro- got, it's a trophy though for you, right? Yeah, I mean, I put it on the wall, but yeah, um, seventeen inch spread. You know, a decent decent rack on it. Not not real long tines, but to us, we were like wow, this is huge, right? Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, it's still a trophy for sure. Um, I was so proud of that buck. My dad packed a chew, and I was so confident in myself. I put a little dip in, and I almost passed out. <laughs> yeah. I, I put it in for about I, – I had it in for about, like, literally the smallest pinch of grizzly wintergreen. 
I had it for about five minutes, and I had to take it out because I was not feeling you good. Start, weak, you started weak. you started sweating, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my god, yep, man! You're exactly I, oh, right. Man, I remember Shit's when I did weak. that. When I, when I don't act like you, that didn't happen the first time you did it too. Yeah, yeah. When I was like fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's sitting there in the back of the um, class, just dying. But like you said, Bob, with uh, with your deer dying, like in a place that it was easy for you to tr- retrieve because of a tractor, this thing died um, next to a. Uh, the property owner there has these switchgrass fields that he plants, and it it died next to it, and so he's like. So we called back to camp and said, hey, got a buck and this and that. Jake rode the tractor out with him. Yeah, he drove the tractor up. He put the bucket on the ground. We drug the deer 10 feet, rode the tractor back. You know, that was a great. That's awesome when, when like, a landowner will be like, yeah, I'll come help you do that. And they break out their equipment to help you do that. Like, that's sweet. That happens in some cases. In some cases, they're like, you can't step foot on my property. And you're like, yeah, you son of a bitch. Too shanky, but yeah. Like I said, I thought that I might run out of uh, run out of property just where that deer headed. I I didn't know what was going to happen, but like I said, it didn't go very far. And and yeah, he was he was open to bringing his tractor, and we loaded up and took off. Yeah, Ryan uh, Ryan and I have killed some deer way back in the UP swamps, and drug them through miles of shit. Yeah. hour long drag you know a couple hours long drag and yeah you know for a, a doe or something and you're like i remember that one on oh, i'm gonna add that to you remember Pro, that provo lane provo yeah. lane that's yeah. a good story because that, uh, that was another one where i'm like i'm gonna kick the bucket this is it <laughs> i might die i might oh man we've got some good ones we've got some good ones oh, so. the, the better one was the one that i thought that you were gonna die and i and we stopped the track i think we talked so about this, that this is when we'll start talking more about the terrible stories yeah of because we, we, we you know we're named the terrible outdoorsman and we really haven't told that many terrible stories those were like three success stories so yeah, yeah. well yeah we got to trying we're trying something new <laughs> well yeah. i mean we are we we've said it in in multiple podcasts, even the first podcast. Like we are successful at times, but we're we seem to be more uh, uh, unsuccessful and just have the the craziest stuff. Uh, There's go some bumps wrong. along the road. I don't. I don't I, yeah, I think like when we. But first, again, everybody has these. I think when we first started talking about like creating this podcast, it was about all you know you can take any of the like big name hunters out there you can take like you know the red arrow tv right yeah they're gonna show you what you want to see but i guarantee there's 10 tons of bullshit that happens that you don't ever see because it's not i mean but i think that's good tv man like if you were to be able to see like uh you know guys out there like you know going to draw on something and, and, you know, and getting busted in the tree or something like that or, or, or missing, you know, very rarely do you ever watch, you know, real tree outdoors or whatever. And you see yeah. them miss a, miss a deer. I've missed plenty of damn deer or, or when they don't recover a deer, right? Yeah. We, we've done that. that see, that's the type of stuff I want to see. I think that's why I like that. I, I, why I like keys outdoors cause so that's, much. Cause yeah, that's Cause real. he's show like that keys outdoors. He'll show a whole, like, whole episode it'll be them fishing three or four days on a lake and they're like oh yeah we didn't catch anything <laughs> they, like, you don't think like holy shit i just watched a show where they don't catch musky yeah he, they, probably because they, they might move a fish or that. see a fish or something but yeah. they don't and then he'll be like yeah we uh you know it, it's like they're on the, they're on the water at daybreak or you know at, at the 
you know, at dawn and then they leave at the end of the day and they're like, yeah, we move, you know, and they show a couple of fish that they came close to, but otherwise didn't hook up with anything. And I'm like, that's musky fishing yeah. right there, dude. Yeah. That's why I like keys is that it's, it's very real. I, I, like I said, I've, I, I said it in that last podcast, I could see myself fishing with that guy because that's just kind of exactly what happens when you go musky fishing. You don't go out there and connect with five, 10 fish, whatever time, you know, every time you go fishing, you might connect with one, yeah. maybe. Watch Maybe. the clothing that they're wearing. If you see, if you see, yeah. like, if you're watching a show and they catch six different fish and they're wearing six different sets of clothing, their ass has caught one fish a day on a six day trip. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's how it is. Yep. You know. So, but yeah. anyway, it's it's the same way with hunting. But I think that like some of these, you know, we've talked about today. We talked about some of those success stories that we've had, and there's plenty of stories that uh, yeah. uh that uh, we got. That are behind the stories. scenes and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and even in those success stories, there's always a little, uh, a little, a little WTF factor, you know. WTF. So that's just what did we get through? Maybe four Q and A questions. Good lord. I, was we it need four just, or three? Um, I we, uh, I think it was three. Honestly, like this is why. So this is like this is like the like genuine conversation that we would have at at the table at hunting camp. We'd be sitting around drinking beer, and we'd be sitting there talking about that time you killed that one deer, or that deer, or whatever. Or we'd be talking about our shitty stories. And it stuff was like legitimately that. three it's questions. A, it, <laughs> we're so an hour the way that we're in, so. the discussions that we're having here are exactly the way that we would do this at fishing yeah, camp or hunting camp. I will and say though, above, like you know? this this conversation has already got me jacked up for hunting. Stuff. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of switched some gears for me a little bit. Yeah, I'm just so saying. I need to tie into a muskie to bring it back. Like we're still in summer, but makes me want to get out in the woods, get some trail cameras set up. You gotta start shooting. Yeah. Start practicing, so, man. Nice. Um well good stuff. So we have uh quite a few other Q and A's to go through, so we'll do those in a future podcast. We'll uh we'll wrap this up, keep it relatively reasonable. So if you if you have any other questions that we haven't covered, regardless of the topic I don't really care what they are. They don't even have to be outdoor stuff. You can ask me what color I like or what political party I like. <laughs> <laughs> like any of them. My favorite actress. I like but any of them. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, they're all fucking idiots. Let's be real. Um, but, yeah, if you have any questions, um, you know, hit us up on social media or um, text us if you know us or just uh, shoot us an email at theterribleoutdoorsman at gmail.com. Um, and we'll just keep piling those up and utilizing them in future episodes. Uh, Jason, what do you got before we wrap this up? So I'm looking forward to, uh, we, we pretty much have our plan in place for August salmon fishing. We yeah, have our yeah. You said you, you booked everything. Yeah. So our lodging is taken care of. Our boat slip is taken care of. Jacob has, uh, his time off taken care of. I mean, the the stars are aligning. We just need the weather to cooperate. That is the biggest thing that we cannot control. So yep. we'll see. Like we said, Plan A, you salmon need- fishing, Ludington. Plan you- B, St. Clair, Muskie. Plan C, clay pigeons at Bald Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> you need the waves to uh, you need the waves to work out with uh, with Ryan's stomach. Yeah, I'm gonna be chumming yeah. the water. He is, he's gonna be chumming. 
I'm not going to eat for, anything for two days straight before that, so I ain't got nothing to puke. You'll just be dry heaving then. You might as well eat Dramamine. <laughs> Dramamine. I'm we'll going to wear those a, bracelets. Uh, bu- we'll get you a Bushami sub. You'll have some. Oh, man, with extra mayonnaise. Uh, he'll get it all over your boat. Honestly, it's been no, so no. it's been so long since I've been on a big boat like that. Yeah, I don't were, know we, how well I'm going to we do. We were kids. We were kids when we went out. Yeah, uh, but like I guess I'm fishing. I'm thinking about a couple months ago when I was on St. Clair, but that I I really I think I just it got me. Well, <laughs> again, like a smaller boat though. That thing was just like bobbing wind. like crazy and yeah. and it was windy, 20 mile per hour wind. So, we'll see. But I'm game. I'm game. I'm going to You want to play hardball? I'm game. So yeah, happen. I'm looking forward to that. I think yeah. it's going to be fun. Like I said, we've got it's a short trip, but it's going to be a good time. The backups. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I think the plan for that is uh, maybe bring the podcast gear up. Yeah. Going to do a podcast up at the cabin with uh, maybe with Jake. Yep. See uh, see how it goes. I'm going to bring it. Yeah. We'll see how tired we are. I might still be puking in the bathroom of the cabin. So. <laughs> I don't know. Calling but that's episode. that's kind of the goal. We'll uh, we'll do a. A podcast uh, on location. So yeah. It should be fun. What do you got? <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, God. You, I told you, you need a new opening line and a new ending line. <laughs> he hates it. He hates I hate it. it. He hates so my much. sayings. He hates my things. Well, it's still better than Jimmy's uh, rooting, tooting. <laughs> rooting, tooting, <laughs> shooting, pooting. <laughs> uh no it, it's been fun i i enjoy talking about something a little bit different than fishing yeah i'm i'm kind of it, it, it's getting we're getting that time man we're getting that time where we're going to start switching gears and it, i don't want to necessarily because there's still a lot of fishing season left there's we can fish all oh, the way yeah. up to december there's, there's, we're cases, definitely so. gonna talk about fishing again because we've got we stur- need to surgeon season opened, yeah we got opened up shit that was today 15th right today's 15th um no, today's. I don't 16th. have my. Yeah. I don't have my typical fishing guide. You right are in front supposed of me. to have the rule guide up at all times. Yeah. This is why you're here. I'm looking forward to. I should have some, it memorized. Uh, <laughs> you should some St. Clair River uh, sturgeon fishing. Looking forward to some uh, some fall musky fishing, as well as getting it in the woods and getting ready to put some put the smack down. I'm most excited about get, put, refilling my freezer, man. Honestly, I need, I need some last year, I, I need some. to redeem myself from last year. So I'm actually most stoked, I think, to redeem myself and fill my freezer because I have uh, two packs of venison left. Yeah. I two need, packs of steaks. Uh, that's it. Um, I, need, so, I need some backstraps for the grill. Yeah. That year that I shot, that I told earlier, I shot the, the buck and then the doe the next day, like – I had to buy a freezer just because of that. Yeah. I remember Denise being like so mad. And I'm it's like, a, what do you want me to do with it? Like, it's a good problem. I'm not going to hunt if I can't like keep the meat. <laughs> you know? How can you eat like, your pudding if you don't eat your yeah. meat? Jason, did you look up the rules yet? I know you are. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We got, uh, we'll what figure it out. We'll figure it out. We got, we got time on surgeon. Last time we went surgeon fishing it was like october or something or yeah well September i think i think the season opens it was cold well last year when we went up to otsego camping it opened that week it was july like 16th or 17th okay. or 15th i don't remember and i i want to say the sinclair river opened around the same time but i think the prime time is usually september time yeah end of yeah. august beginning of september so we'll but, be hitting the river for sure jason you got to get down for that yeah that's it's fun. a good, it's a good, it's a good time. time we we catch a ton of fish doing that not always sturgeon 
But you get some nice catfish. Kids a lot. Yeah. Of I found it. Here we go. Shit, okay. It took me a while. Uh, yeah, you're right. July 16th, um, Saint that- Clair River. Okay. Fishing season and possession season. Yeah. I'll start that, July so, 16. Well, sturgeon season is open today. I'll have to text my wife that. So yeah, cool. Other than that, um, all I have is keep your legs crossed, your mind on Jesus. God, I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate your face. I hate your face. All right. Well, I got the best one. As always, get outdoors. Don't be terrible. <laughs>